Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the upcoming. Doctors, lawyers, entrepreneurs, it doesn't matter. We're here to talk about all the best and the brightest as they make their way to their dream careers. I'm your host, Jonathan Carr. Join me as we have a spectacular conversation with an equally spectacular person. You ready? Let's go. Hey, everybody. This is your host, Jonathan Carr here. So for this episode, I'm doing something a little bit different. I'm breaking this one up into parts. So part one is here. Part two will come next week. And so enjoy this segment of me speaking with the great Lucas Clappis in Central Park. Hello, world, and welcome to The Upcoming, the perfect place to catch the best and brightest on their way to the top. I'm out here now in the beautiful New York City, and joining me in the beautiful New York City, he is the founder and CEO of Photos by Lucas, a freelance photography company. He is also a student at Baruch College and a former student at Purchase College. And, oh my God, this guy is a pro with the art of photography and a master of his craft. So, ladies and gentlemen, joining me today, Mr. Lucas Clappas. Thank you, Jonathan. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, It's not so often we get to sit out in Central Park. It's actually a nice day today here, uh, June. Beautiful time to be in New York City. Yeah, I'm happy to be here, man. Yes, yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you so much. So, Lucas, what I like to do with my guests is ask them to give their own like little introductory. I know I just gave one for you, but I want to hear a little bit more depth. So, Lucas, for the people who don't know, in your own words, who and what exactly are you? It's a very interesting question. Um, there's many pieces to the puzzle here, but uh, so I am a, currently I'm 22 years old. I'm a student at Baruch College and a photographer. Uh, I've always, always been interested in photography all my life. Uh, as a kid, I was just taking pictures every time we go on family vacations and such. Then I decided, uh, you know, I could probably start making a little bit of money on this. You know, came here with some uh, family friend bridal showers and then it expanded into doing events pretty consistently. Uh, Jonathan and I, for those who don't know, actually roommated together in uh, Purchase College. So he could tell you about all the times I was working and, you know, finding jobs and leads and just driving spontaneously to New Jersey to photograph a birthday party. So uh, over time... Um, I decided uh, event photography, while it was good money for the time, I was more interested in things such as uh, real estate, architecture, I was interested in that stuff. Um, So I actually tried to get a uh, real estate uh, photo shoot, which I did, and I did successfully, so that kind of introduced me into the the realm of that I could make make a little bit of money with... um, you know, taking photos of apartments and houses and such, you know, for realtors that want to list their properties, sell their properties. And then COVID came along and it kind of got, you know, events clearly couldn't be happening due to that pandemic. And so it was then that I really started picking up on the real estate stuff and the advertising stuff. So I picked up my first advertising client not too long before COVID hit, um, which essentially is I take pictures of uh, their billboards. They own a bunch of billboards in New York City. Uh, also in Times Square, and I take photos of those billboards with various ads on them. Uh, yeah, but that's a that's a very brief uh, kind of. But I also remember. Uh, yeah. But I also remember uh, seeing all your stories, and celebrities often like when you're taking photos for Spotify, right? And on in, in Times Square, fo- celebrities were like 
reposting your photos, just showing just the utmost like love and appreciation for having their names in Times Square. And so, Lucas, how does that just how does that just make you feel as the one who took all those photos? Oh, it's it's super cool. I mean, for sure. Um, I mean, a lot of hard work goes into the photos, but it's not only me. I can't give credit to myself either. You know, it's um, it's my client, New Tradition Media, who owns that billboard with giving me the opportunity to photograph for their biggest client, uh, Spotify. Um, this thing that every week happens called New Music Friday, which, um, you know, artists usually tend to drop new music on Fridays. So uh, Spotify, in to help promote these artists, they uh, run these ads on Friday morning. Um, and then I take the photos of that billboard, which are then sent to Spotify and their respective artists so that the artists can promote, you know, their billboard, their, you know, their advertisement on their billboard so that they can uh, market their new song or album they just dropped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's definitely always nice to get new music, especially on Fridays. Mm-hmm. And it's a perfect yeah. little opportunity for Spotify to promote themselves and for you to be able to promote your craft. Oh, it's a great... Um, yeah, it's a great... I mean, Spotify really did a... Um, a good, a good a job thinking about like, okay, if we just get someone to take photos of all the, you know, artists that drop music, then we put an ad up, and then the artists have these individual photos of their, you know, of themselves on a billboard, then it'll just spread like wildfire on social media and such, and people get more awareness, and then Spotify helps themselves as well. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's amazing, uh, Lucas. So now moving on to my uh, next question. So... Lucas, I gotta know, you've you've been a photographer for years now. Uh, as such, what about photography? Don't do you think people don't appreciate enough? Oh, I think uh, so. In the age of smartphones, I think a lot of people, you know, say, "Oh my, I don't even need a a big a big camera. I could just take this great photo on a phone." Which is totally. I mean, listen for typical photos, um, you know, of your family, of a, you know, birthday party. For sure, um, but the thing about photography that's uh, not know, well known is adjusting for the environment. So there's a lot of things that I have to take into account when I photograph, say, a billboard or a house, and whether that be the lighting situation, if it's overcast, if it's sunny, how fast do I have to make the shutter speed, which is the the thing that clicks on the the camera, you know, the thing that goes. How fast do I make it slower? Faster? If I make it slower, then more light will enter the photo. If I make it faster, then less light will enter the photo. Then aperture, which is basically the fo- focal range or focus of, of a subject. Um, so there's a lot of things, and you know, when when you're working with uh, electronic billboards, um, they tend to have varying frame rates because they're pixels, and so the camera could be could pick that up or it could be very sensitive to that. So you really have to adjust the camera so that it actually shows what the human eye sees. You know, you don't want to take a photo of an advertisement that's, for instance, um, Popeye's orange, which is a specific color orange, and you take it on the, the camera, and the camera interprets that orange as not really what Popeye's picked their orange to be. So you got to, you know, that's also post-production and all that. But, you know, there's, there's a lot of different uh, aspects you have to think about in um it's kind of like it's kind of like a car you know or or a watch there's there's a bunch of different components that make the time tick there's a bunch of different components that make the car drive it's not just the engine it's also uh the steering wheel the the tires the transmission so there's a lot of working parts just to get one photo 
a lot of working parts just to get one photo. So yeah, there there really is an art, but also definitely a lot more to appreciate, like a little technical so process. A lot, definitely a lot of technical, yeah. Yeah. So next question, Lucas, when you were um, building your business, uh, photos by Lucas, were there ever any moments that you thought, even for a second, that photos by Lucas wouldn't work? You know, when I first started taking photos for events, I never thought I would, uh, I, I wasn't really set on making this like a full-time career, or I was never thinking that, oh, I was going to make, you know, thousands of dollars a year doing this. It was just kind of like a, a side gig, you know, I was working at a sales company before I uh, went to freshman year of college, so, you know, um, you know, especially with events, there's not a lot of consistency, you know, someone has a birthday party, okay, that's like once a year, someone has a bridal shower, that's a one-time thing, but when I started getting to like real estate or advertising, then I realized that there's more consistent consistency to it, and then I, you know, I can have stable work, you know, a real, one realtor who sells a house probably is selling other homes, and an advertiser who owns a billboard probably will get another advertiser on their billboard that they want more photos of, so... Did I think your question was? Do I think that I think it wouldn't work? That you're saying, you know, uh, I never really felt that way. I was just kind of I was working at the pace of what I saw was feasible at the moment. And when I saw an opportunity to make it more long term or uh, consistent, then I expanded the business. All right, interesting, interesting. So, Lucas. Now, here's another question. Going back to your photography for a moment. Uh, when you're taking photos, how do you look for that exact shot? Like, at what moment are you like, that's it. That's perfect. Well, uh, when I'm shooting for clients, it's definitely what the client thinks is, uh, is as a, uh, what is a that shot. You know, um, in the case of billboards, that shot means a lot of people in the foreground, a lot of uh, vehicular traffic, cars, and... Um, a nice sky, you know, you, you don't want to do it on a rainy day, it doesn't really look that good. Um, and in the case of real estate, uh, a wow shot would be a clean house, good lighting, but uh, there's a lot of wow shots, you know, I can't say this is just like all the stars have to align just for this one shot to happen. Uh, a good photographer can make m many shots a wow shot. Nice, nice, nice. So, as a businessman, how do you plan to dominate your competition? That's that's a that, that's a hard question um, because there's so many photographers out there. So I think it just comes down to um, not only are you a good in my industry at least, not only are you a good photographer, but are you a good client? You know. Um, the, the majority of work I do is for clients that I've been working with for several years now because we've built a trusted partnership and relationship. They know what I do. They know what they expect from me. I know what they want. And there's just a good, um, there's a good mutual relationship there. And so, you know, when I'm not really looking for, you know, per se new, newer clients or, you know, a lot of, a lot of clients because then there's just, you know, I can't focus on what each client really wants as well. So I'm, I'm not worried about competition because I know that my clients are very happy with what the work I provide them. They trust me and, you know, 
unfortunately in this day and age it's very hard to find someone who's you know uh, honest trustworthy does good work and isn't lazy yeah. honest trustworthy and isn't lazy <laughs> that is that is really something brag but you know gotta yeah. work a little you gotta work a little right <laughs> all right so you've worked with you, you've worked with big time clients as you know it's like spotify so what do you always expect from a client before pursuing like employment or partnerships with them in any way besides the money and convenience, of course? Well, I just want to clarify that I don't work directly with Spotify. You know, I work for, I work with my billboard client, which is their client of Spotify. So yeah, I, I take photos of big name brands that they use for marketing material, but uh, I, I, I don't do like directly with Spotify. Right, right. Um, and you, what, what's the client's expectations? Is that what you're, you're asking me? Yeah. I, yeah, like what are um, your expectations before you know pursuing these like um, partnerships or accepting like jobs from them, like bef- besides the money, of course, because it ain't always just about the money. Yeah, well, I would definitely want to know what exactly is it they want, you know, uh, so I can when I do the first project for them, I, I can deliver exactly what they were looking for in their head. Because um, if they don't really tell me, and then they, you know, I just kind of think what's best, but that's not really what they had in mind, you know, that doesn't really help anyone. Um, also just, uh, being, uh, of course, transparent about situations, uh, honesty and also flexibility. I mean, listen, people, um, I live, I don't live very that close to New York city. You know, I, I live uh, in long Island. So, uh, my, and my client knows they're a little flexible with, okay, Lucas has to drive a little, so we're going to give him some space, give him some time. And we, we know he's going to get the work done. So there, there's a, um, a mutual type of, uh, understanding for each other you know I know you're busy doing this they know I'm busy doing stuff but we're both going to get each other's expectations complete yeah thank you for that you know it's, it's absolutely important that when putting into a partnership that it's all about mutual understanding and mutual like support because it's you know you know like, it can be tough to find like that right sort of like balance between the two yeah yeah for sure for sure I mean um you know, there's definitely some some employers or employee uh, employers or clients that demand a lot from you, and you know you have you have to be willing to understand how much you're you're willing to put in, and uh, if if you're receiving enough compensation or such and such. So thankfully, with my current clients, everything's good. You know, they understand me. I feel well compensated, well appreciated, and vice versa. I I, I thank my clients for opportunities that they give me and such and yeah all right all right thank you for that thank you for that now you you've lived in new york pretty much your whole life right lucas yeah so why do you think what is it about new york that that it has that other cities and other big time places don't have yeah, great question. So uh, I lived in, I grew up in the suburbs of New York, Long Island, just about uh, 30 miles uh, east of New York City. But I was, I, I used to come to New York City very frequently. Uh, when I was in school, I would come here once a week, and then I got an internship here, then I go to school here, then my business started here. So the thing about New York City that makes it unique from other places is that it truly is a, a, a global, unique city. You know, there are so many different industries here. And so much different talent here, all kind of jam-packed into this. You know, New York City area-wise, particularly Manhattan, is not that big. You know, it's about 
two miles wide and like 11 miles long. Correct me if I'm wrong. So there's a there's a it, they they call it agglomerations, an agglomeration of talent and work. And so when there's an agglomeration of talent and work, you kind of feed off of each other the drive, and you kind of force yourself to be better than the person next to you. It's always a race. And there's just a bunch. There's also the the blessing of having a lot of people here. You know, more people means more work, more means more means more clientele, more consumers. Um, See, so yeah, I, I think New York is very um, blessed in that respect. Um, that people from all over the world come here. It's a very diverse city, and it's a it's a city that it's not just based on one industry. You know, you think of some cities like um, what can I say? Um, like Jacksonville, Florida. It's mostly based on shipping, or like Savannah, Georgia, mostly based on shipping. Um, but New York City is, is is a lot of different industries. It's shipping, it's media, it's entertainment, it's tourism, it's real estate, you know, finance, you name it. So it's it's a very um, energetic place to be, for sure. Energetic, yeah. When you think about it, I was just like, wow. When you think about it, he's right. Like New York is like sort of like a globe of industries yeah. and companies. So, another question. You have worked as a sales representative before, haven't you? Yes, I've worked um, at Vector Marketing, which is Cutco, for the summer of 2018, right before I went to the college. I was doing that. Um, that was good. That was a good uh, learning experience, kind of diving into sales. It definitely gets you out of your comfort zone, which is something I recommend people do. Especially if they're trying to start some like a business, you're gonna have to meet new people. You know, you're not gonna find new clients or more business connections or opportunities if you just sit in your basement. It's not how it works. You got to put yourself out there, go to networking events. So, and that that job really did kind of teach me to put myself out there. You know, doing yeah. That's interesting. So, what are some uh, techniques you learned as a sales uh, representative? What were some things you did to, like make sure you could get like you you got your clients like hooked on to you like potential uh customers how did you get their attention so in terms of the the selling cutco which are which are kitchenware mostly knives uh first of all you build you build rapport with with uh, a potential customer rapport is basically a quick conversation a connection you know you say hey um you know you walk into the potential customer's house to do an in-home demonstration which is what we did with the knives uh, about like showing their um, how well built they are, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know, you you comment on, oh, I like your car. Uh, my dad also drives a BMW. You kind of make it, establish a connection between you and the consumer, and that makes the consumer um, like you a little more. And people tend to buy things and do business with people they like. You know, you don't really hear people say, oh, yeah, I'm one of my best clients. Like I hate the guy. You know, you, it's it's like a friendship almost, not per se, but you, you want to like people you're around and work with and, you know, have to talk to a lot. So. Definitely, definitely. Definitely, definitely. So, another question. When looking at photographers like Kevin Carter or like um, Annie uh, Leibovitz, what is something that you, like, take inspiration from looking at all, like, the world-renowned photographers? What's something you could um aspire to uh learn from or you want to learn from i'm gonna be honest with you i, I don't know them by by memory uh, if you show me a picture may I, maybe um 
what I've grown into more understanding is that, you know, photography is definitely an art for sure. Um, but after working with advertising agencies and real estate, I, I kind of take my photography as um, expressing a, a product or service or getting a point across, you know, um, and, and also a feeling, I mean, for sure. I mean, if I, if I take a photo of this nice apartment, I want to express in the photo that the apartment is, you know, comfy, it's expensive, it's luxurious, you know, you're portraying a feeling through visual representation, and that's what a, a photography to me is, at least. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure, what, what type of photographers are the ones that you refer to? Well, he is some of the like, world-renowned um, photographers, like Evan Carter, he's responsible for, you know, you remember that, um, you ever seen that photo of, like, that one kid? Uh, in Africa who was just like kind of curled up sort of like in a fetal position it was just, like starving and like that vulture was standing right next to it just staring at it maybe 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 I think I, I think so but I, I could picture it in my head if I'm not thinking the correct one um, yeah he's definitely portraying um, an issue I'm assuming yeah yeah yeah, yeah. He's, he was portraying like you know starvation and like the effects of war yeah. going on in the country he was a um, South African uh, photographer he was honestly just Nothing short of brilliant. Yeah, this was definitely true in the in the '60s, uh, the Vietnam War. A lot of photographers um, were portraying the the horrors that were happening in Vietnam at the time. Well, it's, yeah, it's well, it's not just the uh, war that happened um, area in Vietnam. Now, have- it was more so um, the effects. Let's see here. Yeah, here it is. The starving boy. So it was actually. Um, an effect that happened in 19, 1980, 1999, I'm sorry. This was, um, this was happening in Sudan. Mm-hmm. And so when you look, look at, like, take a look at this photo right here. Yeah. You see oh, yeah. just, like, how brutal and, like, how just captivating an entire event can be just from yeah. viewing, like, one single thing with, like... Yeah, it's crazy how much a photo, how many emotions, uh, like a singular photo, can can um, can make you feel. I mean, this this definitely gives me the, the feeling of despair, suspense. I'm, I'm worried for the kid. I mean, there's a vulture. Usually, vultures are you know symbols of death, uh, not really <laughs> birds you associate with happiness. Yeah, yeah. But I just think, but I just saw that photo once, and I was just thinking to myself, like, man, like. There is so much power to something that's like we're we see just from like one still image, but not like through a video or anything. So, Lucas, like, what kind of emotions would you? What, what are your favorite emotions to see in a photo? What are your favorite emotions? What are your favorite feelings? Well, I mean, I I don't like feeling sad a lot, so I would I would say, I would say um, uh, ha- happiness, um, you know. Uh, a- ambition um, like what describes what describes um, ambition to you in a photo Lucas like brighter days of head brighter days ahead I-, I would say like there there is room for improvement there the- things will get better I'm forgetting the name the the word for that um, something that shows that everything's gonna be all right and depending on the circumstance um, uh, like like for example if I if I take if I see a photo of of New York City, for example, I see um, talent, drive, 
um, success, you know, that's all represented in one photo. It's kind of hard to explain in words what you feel from, from visual imaging. I see. So, when comparing, like, when combining art with business, the pe- oftentimes you have to find that exact sort of equilibrium, I would say, that sort of um, point where they mingle together. Lucas, when you were, um, when you do photography and um, we and use it for your business, how do you see like your art and your business like coming together? Because to clarify it, there are some moments where artists like give something that's let's say ahead of its time. It's like too much for like clients and or customers and the general public to handle. Mm-hmm. But other artists like have just found that where it's like will sell for a lot of money and it's still like praised by the public. Where do you think um, your work uh, fits into those categories? So I think I think with me, I, I don't really like go out and just take photos of things and you know sell the individual photo. I get jobs and I you know I, I take photos based on what the client wants. So whatever the client wants. Whatever they're trying to represent, I try to represent that in the photo. But do you ever try to, like... By me, like, do you ever try to, like, make um, photos of your own? Try to use those for, like, um, selling, like, galleries and, like, for your own? For, for sure, for sure. I mean, before I started getting... Before I started getting consistent clientele work, you know, I did... I, I uh, took photos of... Took the photos from all, like, vacations I took. And when I used to, you know, just go to New York City and take photos of the, or, you know, urban photography... I took those photos and I put them on a website, you know, to demonstrate um, that, you know, I was uh, I was a skilled photographer that you can trust me that um, if you hire me for this photo uh, this photo shoot, and um, so yeah, I mean, definitely it, it portrayed what I could do so that I can end up getting some good clientele. Nice, nice. So. On to um, another question I have, and this is just something I'm, I've been curious about for a while. Um, so, first off, who are some of your biggest like inspirations when um, going to your endeavors? So, um, when I before I even like started doing photography consistently, um, Casey Neistat was a really big inspiration. I used to watch his daily vlogs a lot. Uh, I would just see the incredible, um, you know, discipline it took to make a video, like a whole movie throughout your day, every day. I mean, that's just crazy to me. Um, so definitely, and, and then it, it, it led him to gain, gain massive, massive success, you know, and, and things don't happen overnight. So, you know, that also taught me the idea of persistence. You know, you, if you're going to make something don't expect you to be an overnight success you got to do that you got to beat the hammer every day and there's delayed gratification you know don't expect you're gonna you know get all the fame or the money overnight it's it's delayed gratification but you got to keep it in your head that you will succeed eventually you just got to keep doing it consistently so Casey Neistat's a is a big one for sure um other than that I mean yeah, I, I really, I mean, I guess just like um, Elon Musk is a good one too. I mean, it, he just really kind of, you know, he, he developed things that were really considered unthinkable or, um, 
in in like conceivable or like um, unattainable with the money he had or like you know with the resources we have so he, he's a crazy workaholic as well I mean he he really just kept going until his dream was come true which is another key idea of persistence and to think he was doing all that while trying to raise I think like seven kids right now and the thing is, I mean, he made millions from PayPal, and a lot of people would just be like, okay, I'm gonna take my millions from PayPal, but he actually put all that money back into something else that he wanted, which I think was, was a Tesla after that or something. Anyway, so basically, he didn't just kind of sit back and relax. He kept going at it. He kept, you know, reinvesting his money into visions he had. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So uh, yeah, a lot of people do take do indeed take inspiration from Elon Musk. I remember um, hearing him once brag that you could call him at like three a.m. on a Sunday, he'd still answer the phone. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, there, there was like this also the story about when the, you know, he wanted to meet the uh, Tesla three, um, the the pricing for the Tesla Model three, which is the so-called affordable uh, electric car, that he would sleep in his office, like you know, just on the. I mean, the thing about the guy's a multi-billionaire; he's sleeping on a couch in his office. Yeah, there's often the, and that brings me back to you, Lucas. There's the folks who, I remember something a friend told me. There's people who talk business and people who are too busy with their business to talk. So where do you think you're um, reaching that, um, which side of that coin do you think you're uh, reaching, Lucas? I think I was definitely a lot more crazy um, in the early days of the business, freshman, sophomore year of college, when I was still kind of like, I didn't have a consistent um, photo shoot schedule. You know, I was fighting for jobs on this thing called Thumbtack, which is like you basically bid for jobs and you go out and do it. So, I, I mean, I remember me and Jonathan would eat at the, the food hall and purchase college, and I'd just be, I'd just be on Thumbtack refreshing, refreshing all what new jobs, send them, a, send them a, a quote. Hopefully they respond if they respond. You know, hopefully you get the job for tonight. Um, so definitely I've calmed down a bit, but in, in part, in part because, um, I have a good clientele and I know I'm going to get work. You know, I'm not like worried if I'm going to get work. Um, so that, that's a big thing. So starting out is definitely harder than maintaining, I think. And once you maintain, you kind of just cruise along. Not to say that I don't, you know, I mean, I definitely stay up a lot, uh, late work a lot. Um, but I, I try to balance social life and business life because burnout is not good for your business either. You know, you can't pour... You can't pour out of an empty cup, the saying goes. You need to have energy for yourself. And I remember I was talking to someone, um, and, you know, I was talking about how, how burnt out I was sometimes and very tired. Um, you got to think of yourself as a client, actually, sometimes. Because, I mean, in my case, without me, there's no business. I'm the only employee, the solopreneur. I do everything. So I got to make time for me. Another would probably... A very important client, which is without me, there's no there's no business to help the other clients. So yeah, uh, definitely it's good to it's good to balance out. You know, life isn't only are you living to work or working to live. You know, but uh, if but you you need to do you need to do what you love. You know, because if you if you don't, I mean, I know that's a very cliche saying. You know, if you do something you love, you don't work a day in your life. Uh, but but it's 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 true. I mean, I you know you got to be passionate about what you like to do. Because if you're not passionate, you're not. You know, subconsciously, just you're not going to want to do it. Yeah, definitely. Now, you definitely did talk about burnout, which is extremely important because we. I remember asking a lot of people about like um, practicing like 
their um, and like maintain their mental health and trying to stay, you know, intact mentally, like physically. Um, what are some like habits or like routines you've done to sort of um, maintain and and sustain your mental health? So um, I definitely take some time. I definitely. Um I make sure I eat throughout the day. You know, I don't want to... I used to, when I was driving to photo shoots, I would just eat out of granola bars. I make sure I have a, a good meal, you know, at least, you know, sometime during the day, just so, you know, it helps with your... You know, it doesn't stress you out as much. Uh, I also like driving and listening to music. That's pretty relaxing to me. So a lot of people ask, oh, Lucas, why do you why do you drive into the city? Isn't that like a lot of traffic? I mean, why don't you just take the train in? A uh, couple things. Well, driving is, relaxes me. You know, I'm, I'm in kind of like my little cocoon and I could just focus on driving and listening to music. And also, uh, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a person who doesn't like to like not do things. Like I always like to be thinking I'm doing something. So driving subconsciously to me... Um, makes my brain think that I'm doing something while I'm also relaxing. You know, if I'm on a train, I'm like, okay, when is when are we going to arrive at the station? You know, I'm not really doing it. I'm just sitting there. So at least when I'm driving, I'm like, okay, I'm working toward arriving home or arriving to work. So that's a big one. Also socialization. Um, you know, hang out with your friends. Spend some time with your family. You don't want to be just yourself. You know, it, human interaction is super important. I think... And also take opportunities, you know, uh, there was a, um, you know, you, you work so hard, why not, you know, spoil yourself a little bit. So, you know, buy something nice for yourself or, or take a spontaneous trip. I remember a friend of mine was going to LA for a weekend and I was like, he was like, you want to join? Wow, LA for a weekend. Okay, fine. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just do it. You know, when you're young and you got the time, just do every opportunity you can. You know, the more things you experience, the more enlightened you'll be and uh, have some stories to tell. Yeah, definitely. I remember um, a guy told me uh, last night, a friend of mine told me, like, yeah, you know, just don't, like, get cold feet. Like, and sometimes just, like, live in the moment. Just have some fun. Just, like, don't be afraid. Just, like, just jump in. And that really, that really made, made me just consider, like, life as it was at the moment. I'm just like, damn, yeah. I'm working this job, and yet... Like I'm not enjoying life enough. So, yeah. Yeah. do you think that's where? So, what do you think the cost is for men like Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos who spend all their time in like the office and everything? What 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 do you think they're missing out on the most? Um, definitely um, family time. I guess they they have families. Uh, I don't have. I mean, I have a family. I don't have like kids and a wife <laughs> yet. So, they they're probably missing out on on that. But you know, I guess for them, I guess in the, I don't know about so much Bezos, but, but Musk, you know, he, he, he's so set on the vision of like going to space, advancing civilization, that that's what kind of, I think that's what provides him with, with like, um, satisfaction and happiness, even though if it means, you know, he's sleeping three hours a day or whatnot. But, but yeah, I mean, uh, Musk is definitely a unique character, but, uh, most of us need some time, um, just to kind of, chillax a hundred percent a hundred percent so now Lucas let's just for a moment dive into what makes a businessman the right businessman 
because we both know there's a right and wrong way to do your business. For example, the wrong ways being impulsive, like acting without thinking, like not like really slowing down, thinking like, what am I going to do? How am I going to do it? What were times where you, like in business, you acted without thinking or did that ever happen? Yeah, um, did I ever act without thinking? Um... Trying to, trying to remember here. Um, I, could, I could tell you sometimes when like I was really stressed out and I didn't know, I was kind of stumped, uh, if that's fine. I mean, with, with editing, for, for, you know, for example, you know, I wasn't that persistent in Photoshop when I first started out. And when a client needed Photoshop, I was like, oh, dude, like, what do I do? What do I do? Um, so I kind of had to just teach myself it or outsource it in, the, in that moment. Um, but consistency is a really big thing. I think consistency is, it makes a good businessman. Okay. That's it for this part. Stay tuned and get ready for part two of this fantastic episode with Lucas Clappis. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. And be sure to tune in next week, Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time for another awesome interview with my good friend Harrison Shaw. Until next time, be ready, folks. Thank you for tuning in to The Upcoming. If you like this, please sure to follow us on Spotify for more amazing content. The best is yet to come. Take care, everybody.